Oakley Doakley. We're uh, here with Mr. Van Ruckel. We're going to be chatting about the Roaring Twenties and some very influential things. Uh, first thing is Prohibition, which is the ban on the sale of alcohol. started for many reasons. Uh, higher alcohol content was being made. New uh, types of alcohol, which got people drunker much quicker. Bad thing was, no one wanted to stop drinking alcohol at such a high rate. So, more stronger alcohol plus consumption of alcohol means more drunk people and more problems. Uh, social problems at the time, such as a lot of domestic abuse being started, which was no bueno. Domestic abuse is never a good not, thing. Not good. Uh, yeah, that was a big one. Saloons are seen as shady areas. Nativism really kicks in here. You've got people seeing immigrants go to saloons where they can get work and they can hang out and pretty much do some cultural things at the saloons, but people are seeing them as gross and dirty because that's how they saw immigrants in the 20s. Real classy. And when temperance didn't work, then prohibition seemed to be the last true answer to the problem. And so that is what they did. Um, that's the beginning of prohibition. Now, prohibition led to a lot of different changes throughout the culture in America at the time. Um, a few main ones, new division between those living in rural areas and those living in urban areas. Increase in nativism, like we said earlier, with the saloons. Um, new developments such as speakeasies, which led to the rise of many new cultural changes. A few of the prominent ones are cocktails becoming popular because gross, super strong alcohol um, is not fun, so put some fruit juice with it, and then yummy, yummy. But women are becoming much more popular in the uh, entertainment business for singing, performing, and um, some are even owning their own clubs, so it's a step in the right direction for them. But the main thing we brought Rukul here for today is the rise of jazz music in the 20s, which um, helped include and bring in uh, African American and black culture into everyday America and helped kind of set some grounds for equality. Yeah. So jazz music was basically modified from African American spirituals. Yeah. In the when they were brought over from Africa, and so slave music is how that all kind of originated. Uh, so then you see uh, that people are starting to play jazz um, in bars before Prohibition, and then speakeasies and yeah, stuff they like don't have that. The bars. Yeah. Afterwards, uh, definitely, and it was for a while. It was totally just a, just for African Americans, but around the nineteen tens. Some white people started getting into it as well, so uh, stealing, once again, from <laughs> other cultures, as white people like to do. I don't know if I can say that legally. Uh, it's a, it's <laughs> so I, I mean, it's appropriation, baby. Um, so, um, but basically, jazz back then is not necessarily like jazz like you would think about it today. Um, they were playing with the swing beat, just like we do now, but... There 
was no improvisation, really. It yeah. was um, the difference between sweet jazz and hot jazz. So we listened to yeah. hot jazz today. Sweet jazz was a thing back then. And that was, like, you hear it, it don't mean a thing. Mm-hmm. If it ain't got yeah. the swing, it makes no difference if it's sweet or hot. Yeah. That's where that phraseology comes from. Um, but yeah, so lots of guys are playing, really just guys playing. Mm-hmm. It was not really super acceptable for women to be involved in bands unless they were the singers. Yeah. Um, and they were allowed to be the singers. Uh, but you got guys like Louis Armstrong, um, who actually learned the trumpet because in jail he learned how to play the trumpet because he went to speakeasies when he was a kid and then he kept getting arrested and kept getting sent yeah. back into jail because of prohibition. And that's how he actually learned the trumpet and learned how to sing. Um, so guys like him, um, Big Spiderbeck is from Davenport. He's a white guy. Um, and then you've also got Glenn Miller from Clorinda. Mm-hmm. Um, all these guys are starting to make music. Um, and right around the 1920s, that's also where you start to have recorded music. So yeah. they came out with the phonograph a little bit before that, but now recording starting to become accessible to things. So 1925 is when like Columbia Records and, um, oh shoot, I can't remember, but all these record companies are starting to go after and get these um, jazz artists to play for them, uh, which was pretty um, iffy at the time because uh, African-Americans did not want their music appropriated yeah. by yeah, no, exactly. uh, white people. Um, but, and so then you actually see that, so, on the Netflix movie, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, it's not a true story, but it's based on a true story of how Ma Rainey, who was a blues singer back mm-hmm. in the day, did not want her music to be recorded, and if she did want it recorded, she wanted it done her way, and yeah. not how her white producers wanted to So, yeah, to not produce, okay. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, that's kind of jazz in the 20s. It was mostly just starting to get off. Um, big bands were still a super popular thing. That was when they were coming into their own. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to think that how popular things like rap and hip-hop and pop music are today, that was what jazz was yeah. in the 20s. It was uh, seen as what the young kids were doing, mm-hmm. and it was seen as... Um, risque yeah um so it was people were worried about their kids mm-hmm. listening to jazz which is funny to think of now because now we think no, of jazz yeah, as like... a super sophisticated uh-huh. thing but people were super worried about jazz uh back then so yeah it all really had a ton to do with the prohibition and prohibition easing up really just sparked it even more yeah so it's like yeah because it got its start a lot of the most famous people are from like you said louis armstrong mm-hmm. glenn miller was yeah. right around there woody herman and just Dick. i mean yeah those are people with tunes we still play and charts we still play today mm-hmm. we played a few um i know we talked about duke ellington a few times in class yeah and he was just getting started in the 20s mm-hmm. he hit more his stride 30s 40s 50s yeah. 60s um but yeah same thing with Count Basie, they're playing, Coleman Hawkins was playing back then, um, and also, the so, 
a lot of this had to do with everyone started coming back from the war yeah and yeah. needed a job so all these musicians mm-hmm. are coming back from the war and learning this new type of music that they learned in the army band from their african-american counterparts yeah well yeah because i mean we've covered it a little bit in class but a lot of jazz did with like the harlem renaissance of the time that's like and then that sparks more stuff for culture to kind of bleed into america but mm-hmm. yeah we definitely so like jazz started in new orleans that, that would be like where we say mm-hmm. it started uh but then quickly it transplanted itself to chicago in the early 20s and then like 20 1926 and on like harlem was the big source that's where everyone was playing that's where dizzy was playing that's where miles was playing like all these guys are yeah. playing on Harlem. I forget the street. A Street, I think that's what it's called. Is where uh, it was. It wasn't on Broadway. Yeah. Or it wasn't around there. But it was a street, basically just known for. This is where all the jazz mm-hmm. clubs are. Well, yeah, it's. I mean, very influential thing that we still talk about and play today. It's. I mean, it's definitely my favorite part of band, and I know it's yeah. a lot of people's things to listen to. But yeah, like you were saying, my dad. Like I told you earlier, he brought home some records, jazz stuff, and just sitting there thinking, well, this is the stuff your grandparents listen to, mm-hmm. your great-grandparents listen to, that their parents were just like, yeah, yeah just these kids. Yeah, exactly. So it's a very cool topic that, I mean, Prohibition, for all that it did, I mean, it brought so many different things into current society that we still use and still listen yeah. to. Jazz may not be as mainstream now, but it's definitely not dead, I don't think. No, I mean, it's definitely, it's still, like, I think the fourth most yeah. uh, popular genre oh, in I America. So, yeah, behind pop and rock and country. Yeah. So. Yeah, so, yeah, still very thing that, yeah, without prohibition, without speakeasies, and, I mean, women singers, too, still during the time. Yeah, I mean, yeah. do you think that jazz probably helped boost the amount of women singers at the time? Or that oh, it maybe def- changed something Definitely. I mean, you, so, Ella Fitzgerald starts to come into her realm at the time. Um, Billie Holiday was inspired by what was going on with, like, Ma Rainey. Ma Rainey was really the first, she was the queen of the blues. Yeah. Um, and she started that whole uh, thing. But, yeah, no one was listening to woman musicians at all until about the 1920s, and then that's where it started to change. I mean, suffrage happened right before Yeah. then, um, and so things definitely were starting to change for people. So yeah, 1920s, time of just the cornerstone of equality. Kind of not, not really, but setting the precedent, bringing a lot of stuff in that we can look back to today and see really where a lot of it started. Yeah. Thanks to prohibition, thanks to speakeasies and the amount of stuff that it changed, which I mean, I, th- I think that's always funny because it's like nativism is so strong during the 1920s, the prohibition. It's, yeah. It's anti-immigrant, not anti-immigrants. I mean, there's different laws and raids going on, Palmer raids. And then you get to here and it's just, like you said, white people appropriating culture, right? It's, I mean, it's... Yeah, things I'm, haven't really changed. Yeah, no, it's, it's just, yeah, especially nowadays with COVID and... Black Lives Matter movement. No, it's very relevant today, and I'm glad we got to talk about it for a good 12 minutes. Absolutely. It was fun. Well, thank you.